Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of the AFTV newscast being recorded February 24th, 2017. My name is Elias Saba and I run AFTVnews.com and this is where I talk about the week's Fire TV news. Uh, Sorry about missing last week's episode. I did give you a warning at the very end of episode 71. So uh, hopefully you guys uh, stuck around to the end and weren't actually surprised that I, I missed an episode week. I am feeling a little bit under the weather this week, so apologies if I'm not as high energy or as gung-ho as I I usually am. And uh, possible, possible chance I might cut the uh, end Q&A a little bit short, depending on how I feel after the uh, hour and a half, two hour stream that usually comes, you know, before getting to that Q&A part. But I definitely did not want to miss two weeks in a row. So here I am streaming live and, you know, should be putting out a podcast episode as usual this week. Speaking of the episode, we got a, a lot to talk about because there are two weeks worth. We've got uh, new Fire TV Stick 2s released overseas, so we'll be talking about those and what led up to those. We've got a lot of app news, a lot of significant app news, so we'll be talking about that stuff, some new apps, some updated apps. We'll be going over that, some Alexa news, uh, and then a little bit of Android TV news that we'll talk about at the very end. Very interesting stuff with DVRs going on there. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into the show. All right, first up on Monday this week, I, I put out this exclusive post basically announcing that Amazon was going to announce this week at some point uh, that the Fire TV Stick 2 was going to be made available in uh, the UK and in Germany for the first time finally Uh, and then sure enough on Tuesday they actually made that announcement so the uh, Fire TV Stick 2 the the new device new quad core Stick 2 that was released uh, around October or so last year in the US has been announced for the UK and for Germany. It is going to be $39.99 in the UK uh, pounds and $39.99 in euros in Germany. It's going, your pre-orders are ready right now. You can find links down below for those. It's going to be released, actually a street date, you know, released in the UK is April 6th and in Germany is April 20th. Uh, the big news in addition to obviously the new device is that it's going to ship with Alexa capabilities built in and enabled uh, from day one, you know, in April when the device is available overseas. So for those of you who are privileged and in the U.S. and have had Alexa on your Fire TV devices for well over a year now, the U.K. and Germany and, and Japan and all other countries that have the Fire TV have not been so fortunate. Uh, Alexa has been basically disabled in those areas. So basically this is the first word that Alexa on Fire TV is coming to countries outside of the US. In addition to the new Fire TV Stick 2 getting Alexa overseas, Amazon has announced that Alexa will be coming to all of the previous devices, the Fire TV 1, the Fire TV 2, and the Fire TV Stick 1. Uh, They haven't said when that exactly is going to be. They basically just kind of said coming soon. I personally suspect it'll happen probably within like a month of the Fire TV Stick 2 being available in the UK and Germany. So maybe end of April, you know, early May-ish is my best guess, just based on the past. This is kind of what happened with the uh, Fire TV when the Fire TV 2 was announced that brought Alexa to Fire TV devices in the U.S., Uh, And then Amazon said that they were going to release Alexa for the older devices. It took a little while for that to actually happen. It took a few months actually in the U.S. because there were all those issues with Fire OS 5, if you guys recall. Uh, So that was delayed, which then delayed Alexa. Uh, Assuming there are no issues with Alexa in the U.K. and in Germany, 
on the new Fire TV Stick 2, I would guess that Alexa will come to those older devices within about a month or so. Next up, let's get into some of that app news that I was talking about earlier. First up, there's a big update, update version 3.0 to Mr. MC. Uh, for those who don't know, Mr. MC is like a forked version of Kodi created by the original developer of Kodi or developers of Kodi that ported Kodi over to Android devices way back in the day. So Mr. MC is their little baby, their little project. Uh, they release it. It's available in the official Amazon App Store. It's the only version of Kodi that is available in the official Amazon App Store because they have disabled all of the plugin capabilities. And that's kind of the biggest issue that Amazon has with Kodi is because the ability to install those plugins opens up Kodi to uh, all of those third-party piracy apps. So Amazon just doesn't really want anything to do with that. And that's why they've kind of banned Kodi and, and SPMC. But they've allowed Mr. MC because it does not support all, any of those add-ons. So there are pretty much three new features in this version 3.0 update for Mr. MC. Uh, first of all, it actually supports DVD playback now with uh, full DVD images with menu support. So if you've got a, a complete rip of a DVD sitting on your drive or sitting on your network storage or even sitting on the internal storage of the Fire TV, you can load up that file, either if it's in ISO format or the uh, video TS folder, I believe it is. Uh, if you can load that up in Mr. MC version 3.0 now and get the full menus and full access to all of that content. So very nice slick way of watching your full-on DVDs uh, on, on your Fire TV device. The other big addition to Mr. MC version 3.0 is the added Plex transcoding. Basically, if you guys aren't familiar, Plex is a media server kind of or media server and media player. So the media player side is very similar to Kodi, very similar to Mr. MC. It kind of arranges your content very nicely, gets gets images for everything, you know, cover art and all that stuff. But if you don't want to use Plex's own app to actually play the content, you can use Mr. MC and just point that to your Plex server and it will pull in all of those same images, same content. Uh, it won't actually store them locally on the Fire TV. That's one of the advantages of using Mr. MC combined with Plex. Uh, so with Kodi, Kodi pretty much has to uh, gather all of those images, all those thumbnails, all that cover art and store it on the Fire TV usually results in like a gig of data used, you know, for like a large library. Um, the advantage with using a Plex server is all of that is stored on the server itself, whether it's a NAS device, whether it's a PC. And then Mr. MC will pull in those images, you know, on the fly over the network as needed. So it's not storing them locally, taking up all of that precious internal storage of the Fire TV. Plex transcoding essentially allows the Plex server to send a, a transcoded, a different version, usually down, you know, downcoded, a different version of the video file to a device that's requesting it. Now, the reason you would do this and, and not just play the file directly is if the device that's playing the file is not strong enough or not capable of playing the file in the encoding in the format that it currently exists on the uh, Plex server. As far as Fire TV and Fire TV stick devices goes, this usually comes down to H.264 and H.265 encoded files. Now the Fire TV 2 and the Fire TV Stick 2, both of those have HEVC H.265 uh, hardware decoding capabilities. So if you have files that are using the, the newer H.265 over the, the older H.264 encoding, those devices can play those just fine directly with no problems, no stutter. I've got a video I actually created a while back demonstrating how the different devices handle H.264 versus H.265. I'll put a link down below. You'll get a better idea of what I'm talking about if you're not familiar with it. If you watch that video, it's very short, about five minutes long. 
Now, while those newer devices can do that H.265 decoding natively with hardware, the Fire TV One and the Fire TV Stick One, the older devices, they can only do H.264 decoding. And so if you try to play an H.265 file on those older devices directly, they're just going to basically stutter. They're going to skip frames. It's going to be a, a horrible, unwatchable experience, pretty much. This is a bit of a problem for those who have some a mixture of the newer devices, the newer second-gen Fire TV devices, and the older first-gen Fire TV devices in their house because there's definitely an advantage to move your, your personal collection over to the H.265 encoding because it basically uses a smaller file size but maintains the same quality as the H.264 decoding or encoding. So people with a mixture of first-gen and second-gen devices uh, basically have to stick with H.264 unless they want to stop using those first-gen devices, you know, or, or they'd have to keep a copy of both versions on their drive, which really doesn't serve any purpose, you know, that just doubles your space. Now with Plex transcoding support in this new Mr. MC, you could, for example, have all of your files encoded in H.265, the, the newer, better, smaller file size format that maintains that quality. And then when a device, an older first gen Fire TV or Fire TV stick requests one of those H.265 encoded files from Plex, through Mr. MC, Plex, the Plex server will automatically transcode that into H.264 for that you know, older generation device to actually play. So that's the big advantage of supporting uh, Plex's transcoding feature. Uh, I assume previously to Mr. MC's update here, uh, and apart from the actual Plex app itself, there's no way to uh, do this uh, tra Plex transcoding request. So now you have an alternative to the actual official Plex app if you are one of those who needs that transcoding capability. The last few new additions on the new Mr. MC version 3.0 are that it now has 64-bit support on the Fire TV 2 that is a 64-bit uh, operating system so they've updated to that right now that's not really going to add much of anything to that device uh, but it's kind of future-proofing for, for a, maybe Fire TV 3 later. The main benefit of 64-bit is to have access to a larger amount of memory. And the Fire TV 2 only has that 2 gigs of memory. So if the next Fire TV has 3 gigs or more, then that 64-bit will be more important. But it's really good that they added that future proofing. All right, moving on. Next app I want to talk about is Crunchyroll, or it's a service. And they finally have arrived to the Fire TV. Uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with Crunchyroll, but then there are a lot of people who are hardcore fans of Crunchyroll. It's basically the biggest anime uh, streaming service available. It's like the Netflix of, of, of anime, basically. Um, they offer over 25,000 episodes of anime, uh, as well as Asian, Asian dramas. Um, there's also comics, manga comics that you can access through the service. But they have long been missing from the Fire TV and the Fire TV Stick. And now finally that has changed. So they've released their official app. Uh, there's free content in there, free ad-supported content. So you don't actually have to subscribe to the service to, to view the content. So go ahead, install it. Take, take a look, see if it's something you're interested in. Their actual subscription service, which removes ads and gives you access to the entire catalog, is $6.95 per month. So I'll put a link down below, of course, to the app and to the service if you want to look into it a little more. But a lot of people are very happy this has finally come to the Fire TV. Next up is a brand new app called MyNetLizer, which is basically a Wi-Fi network analyzer app for the Fire TV. 
Very cool little app, very handy. Uh, I wrote a little uh, kind of a guide, not really a guide, but like an overview of the app and kind of how to use it to maybe improve your Wi-Fi reception to your Fire TV. I'll go over that in brief right now, but of course I'll link down below to this app and to this guide and this little overview for you to get a little bit more detail than what I talk about right now. So what the app does is it actually scans the Wi-Fi networks in your area or that can be picked up by your Fire TV. Uh, the main purpose of this is to basically figure out where maybe there might be uh, interference or and uh, maybe which channels your Wi-Fi network should be moved to if there's a lot of interference on a specific channel. So your regular, you know, plain Jane 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi that most people have uh, goes from channel one through channel 11. And if there are a lot of different, you know, neighboring Wi-Fi connections on a single channel, just moving to another channel could greatly improve the Wi-Fi reception, the uh, Wi-Fi speed of your Fire TV device. So the first screen that the app shows you when it loads is basically just a, a list of all the different Wi-Fi networks that are available that are not available, but that it can detect uh, as well as what channel they're on, the actual signal strength and the actual numerical value for the signal strength. So that's very handy to get a get a feel more so than just, you know, is it good? Is it excellent? Is it fair? You know, this actually gives you an actual number so you can kind of compare and see what's going on. Next, the app actually has a, uh, a chart. Uh, it calls it the current Wi-Fi screen. And this actually gives you a, like a, a chart or a graph of all the different Wi-Fi networks in the area, what channel they're on and how strong they are all on a single view. And so if you're watching the video version here, you can see my scan reveals these uh, five networks in my area. Obviously my personal network is the strongest one, but it kind of gives me an idea that there are two networks here on channel one, two of them on channel six, including mine, and then one on channel 10. So possibly moving mine to a different emptier channel uh, could improve reception potentially. And so you can kind of see that here. And then the uh, next chart or graph that the, the app actually has, this one's very handy for positioning purposes for your Fire TV or your Fire TV stick and for your router and your router's antennas. So this is a real-time graph of the Wi-Fi strength of the networks in the area that the Fire TV is detecting. So the way to use this is to bring it up. Uh, you can go into the settings and change the update interval for this graph to once uh, update every second as opposed to I think every 10 seconds is the default value. But if you update it to once every second, the graph will just constantly be changing every single second. And so you can go then to your router and maybe reposition it, move your antennas around and then go back, check your TV, take a look to see, did the signal go up? Did it go down? Uh, if you have like a Fire TV stick or even like a Fire TV box, if you if you move it around, maybe behind your TV, if it's a stick, for example, you know, if you have it on that dongle, maybe have it pointing up, pointing down, move it away from wires. Uh, if it's a box, uh, move it to a different shelf, for example all of those little movements you you'll be able to clearly see in real time whether your wi-fi signal you know reception goes up or goes down so very handy this this chart i think anybody setting up a fire tv in a new room for the first time should probably load up this app and get a feel for what kind of uh, actual signal strength the, the device is receiving and the last uh, handy feature of this app that I'll talk about is that it actually has a speed test built into the app. Uh, it just loads fast.com, which is uh, Netflix's own uh, in-house speed test. But it's very handy to have that loaded directly on your Fire TV device so you kind of know, you know, because you can test your own speed for with a smartphone or with a laptop or something like that. But you'll never really know what the Fire TV itself is getting unless you test on the device itself. So this little speed test in there will let you know what's the maximum throughput that that, that device is getting to the Internet. 
So very handy little app. I suggest uh, anybody who's having any kind of Wi-Fi or reception issues to, to install it. It's completely for free. I would even keep it on your device if, you know, for, you know, down the line, if for whatever reason you're getting poor reception or poor streaming or buffering, you can know whether it's your connection, you know, to either your router or your connection to the internet, or if it's the service itself that's having an issue. So, you know, next time you're sitting there watching YouTube or something, and if you're getting constant buffering, you should uh, go in, launch this app, run the little speed test, take a look to see, are you getting good speeds or not? If you are getting good speeds, then there might be a little issue with YouTube or your connection to YouTube directly. But if you're getting poor speeds on the speed test within the app, then it might be your connection with, from the Fire TV to the router or your router to the internet. All right, moving on, the next new app I wanna talk about. Like I said, there is a lot of new app news uh, this week. Uh, it's actually a game called Contradiction, and it's a it's a unique game. I usually don't highlight games um, unless they're like you know big names or something like that. But this one caught my eye because it's a video murder mystery game. So essentially, the entire game consists of you watching videos, actual you know real life you know played out scenes of this like murder that you're trying to solve. And so essentially you're you're watching interviews, you're seeing the main character ask questions and you're trying to determine whether the person's lying or not. It seems like a very interesting little game, different than anything else I've ever seen on the Fire TV. So I definitely wanted to mention it. Uh, the game is $4.99 for the full version, but does have a free version also. I don't know what the limitation is of the free version. Like if it gets cut off at a certain point in the game and then you have to play the real one, but you can definitely install the free one, give it a shot before committing to actually buy the full version. But if you're looking for a new game a new different interesting game to try out a uh, contradiction might be a good one for you all of course put a link down below in the show notes and the last bit of app news that i want to talk about is that facebook has announced that they are going to be releasing a fire tv video app uh, fairly soon uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to be we don't know too much about it uh, but we do know the app itself is going to allow you to log into your facebook account and view videos that uh, you know might show up on your Facebook stream, you know, like your ones that your friends have shared that are on the internet, maybe ones that your friends have posted. This is very different from the uh, Twitter video app that got released a while back. So Twitter released an app, but the main purpose of that app was really to to highlight and give you access to watch uh, Twitter's like paid in-house videos, uh, specifically the NFL. So they got they got rights to stream thursday night nfl games and so they released a video app for all the big streaming boxes so that people can watch those streams but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case with this facebook video app at first at least this one looks like it's going to be an actual you know facebook you know their their site not not uh facebook producing their own content and letting you watch it necessarily which might actually happen later but it's going to be so that you can actually watch videos that are being shared by your various facebook friends so uh something to look forward there if you're a big fan of facebook that should be coming uh, give you some more free content to watch on the fire tv moving on from fire tv news want to talk about uh amazon echoes and alexa just a little bit here uh there's actually this article that came out from the wall street journal uh basically with sources telling them that the amazon echo and echo dot likely are going to receive the ability to actually place phone calls through the actual device itself. So basically your, your Echo will turn into a speakerphone essentially over the internet, not connected to your actual home phone line or anything. Again, these are rumors, but it is coming from the Wall Street Journal. So their sources are usually pretty good, especially as far as Amazon Echo News goes. Uh, but uh, it's very interesting. I mean, there's not too much to say. I don't think you're going to have voice kick 
calling capabilities on the Fire TV or Fire TV Stick. So this isn't going to be like an Alexa thing where all Alexa devices can do this. I'm curious to see if this does actually happen, if this does pan out, whether it's going to actually be just a echo to echo communication. Like, you know, if I have an echo and my relative has an echo or a friend, I can call their echo. Um, and it'll also be interesting because right now, Alexa on echoes and echo dots has no way of actually like alerting you or triggering in any way other than like when it, you set an alarm or a timer. So if you're going to get voice call capabilities, then that means the device itself is going to be able to beep or do something to get your attention to answer that call. So basically a lot of unanswered questions, but, you know, very interesting to think about where this could go and, and how useful this could be potentially. Next up, moving on, speaking of Alexa, Amazon has revealed that Alexa now has 10,000, over 10,000 Alexa skills available from third-party developers. Uh, for those who aren't too familiar, Alexa skills are essentially like apps. They're the equivalent of Fire TV apps or smartphone apps for Alexa. They're, they're a way for developers to add capabilities and add different things to the actual uh, Amazon Echo. And even the Fire TV, Fire TV Stick, those devices are fully capable of running Alexa skills. And so, yeah, there are 10,000 of them now, which is crazy to think if you've been following it like I have on how quickly this has happened. So I, I wrote here in my post a little bit over a year ago, back in like, I think the end of 2015, I wrote about uh, Alexa having 91 skills. <laughs> it was like, wow, look, Alexa almost has 100. Then just six months after that, it was up to 1,400. And that's when we knew like things were getting crazy. Like it was like, it was exponentially, you know, increasing. And then five months after that, it was up to 4,000 skills. And then now just a little under four months since that 4,000 mark, we're here at the 10,000 mark. And so it's pretty nuts. I mean, there are a lot of people putting effort into Alexa, adding you know skills to Alexa. It's really interesting to, to look through and see all the different options. Obviously, all, the vast majority are junk. I mean, you know, I've talked about this before with Fire TV apps and with just app stores in general the vast majority of apps out there are always going to be junk you know it's like one percent are even worth your time to even look into and consider and i don't expect that to be any different with alexa skills i obviously haven't dug through all ten thousand or or you know anything like that i look at like the top charts every now and then i'll put a link down below to like the highly reviewed and kind of top skills as far as uh, what amazon says and so you can look through there to get an idea and to see what's available but it's really cool that that the alexa ecosystem is is so so healthy and so thriving so so awesome because you know fire tv devices can access all of this stuff so you know there should be some interesting skills for you guys to to try out Next up, a uh, last bit of Alexa news I want to talk about is that Amazon has announced that uh, thermostat manufacturers, basically who use Alexa to control their thermostat, now have more capabilities. So essentially, thermostat manufacturers like Nest and uh, Ecobee, those are the, the two popular ones, but there are several others also. Um, right now, as, as it is, they are only able to have Alexa send a command to the thermostat to change a setting. But there was previously no way for Alexa to actually read back a value or read back a setting to query something from the thermostat like the temperature or the current setting. There are a lot of Alexa skills that can do this capability, but the actual like built in default home smart home capability was not there. You had to actually create a skill for this. But now Amazon has announced that this is this has changed so soon. Uh, 
thermostat manufacturers will be able to update their skills or sorry not skills to update their default integration so that you'll be able to simply ask you know what is the temperature set at or you know what's the current temperature in the room and so um, very nice addition you know if those of you who have Alexa devices and have a smart thermostat will know that you know that's kind of a glaring omission there uh, from the capabilities of the two devices you know talking to each other so so uh, this isn't something that is just going to go live with everybody, you know, all of a sudden. The actual thermostat manufacturer themselves has to add this new functionality in. So it might take a little while for them to push out those updates and add it in. But hopefully, you know, within time, all thermostats should be able to, you know, uh, work with Alexa and you'll be able to talk to Alexa and actually get back what the current temperature setting is, what the current temperature in the room is, that sort of stuff. All right, moving along, I've got one more article to talk about before we get into the Q&A section of the episode. It's about Android TV and a new capability that got added to, to those Android TV devices. You know, I like to keep an eye on all the competing devices to the Fire TV, the Roku's, the Apple TV's, Android TV's, uh, even TiVo. I like to keep an eye on them too. But whenever something significant happens there, I like to, to look at it just to uh, let you guys know what your options are out there from for other devices. I'm not just a, a, a fanboy, a Fire TV fanboy or anything i definitely uh, like all of the different streaming devices and they all have little little perks little extras here and there that the fire tv might not have so i i like to definitely cover those when they come along so the new little perk that google added for android tv is that they've actually built in a native dvr for hd home run support so what all that basically means is that if you have an hd home run which is uh, essentially a network attached tuner so it's this little device you attach it to your home network you attach a hd antenna to it and it will pick up channels and make those available to different devices on your network hd home runs work with the fire tv there's a hd home run app uh, there are other apps on the fire tv like cody there's a plugin for cody and i think mr mc even supports it you know they all support the you know feeding in those hd home run streams and actually displaying that content um, Google has supported it also with Android TV, but now they've taken another step and added this DVR capability, so you can actually so you can actually record video from an HD home run device locally on an actual Android TV device. Now, right now, the Shield TV and the Nexus Player are the only two that support this new feature. It is fairly limited as far as an actual DVR is concerned, you know, but it is still like a first beta step. So I'm guessing it'll probably add more functionality down the line. Um, some of the limitations right now are that you can only record one stream at a time. You cannot record any DRM copy protected channels. Uh, the content that it records can only be viewed on that one Android device itself. You can't pull the content off of it. You can't stream that content to a different Android TV device. I think this is the biggest uh, issue in my opinion with this because if you're recording content, you likely have more than one TV, more than one device. And so, you know, not being able to actually access that from other devices is, is a pretty big omission. But my guess is it's probably due to copyright issues. They didn't want to open themselves up to being, uh, you know, a device that can record content, copyrighted content, and then make that accessible everywhere. 
But by locking it down and just keeping it on that one device, it kind of protects them a little, I think. But now given those those little restrictions, you can, you know, schedule content to be recorded. If you have a schedule set and your, your device is asleep, it, it will automatically wake up, start that recording, and then go back to sleep afterwards. So, you know, it does work. It is a DVR solution. Uh, HD Home Run has their own in-house DVR solution. You know, this is done by Google in conjunction with HD Home Run. So they worked with them, but it, this is mainly a Google thing that they've added to Android TV. And so HD Home Run, their in-house DVR software, their DVR solution. I'll link all of that below. I'll link their devices. I'll link their software. I'll link their, their apps if you want to read up a little bit more on what an HD Home Run is and how people tend to use it. But their their own in-house you know, DVR solution is much more robust, much better than Android TV is here. But it's still pretty cool. You know, this is a capability that is not available on Fire TV devices. Um, this is one big advantage that Google has with Android TV. I think it's because they put their OS as the operating system of uh, an actual television before Amazon did. You know, they've got this kind of like one year head start here where you have TVs that are shipping with Android TV, TV OS installed on the device. That's been happening for a while now. Amazon just barely announced their own, you know, televisions. They call them Fire TV Edition televisions that have Fire OS installed, you know, from the factory. And so they function just like the Fire TV. Those are going to be coming out later this year. They were announced at the beginning of this year in January. Uh, I covered those. I'll put links down below if you want to read up a little bit about that and my coverage on those. But Android TV definitely has this head start with, you know, over-the-air tuners and DVR content and that sort of stuff. Stuff that isn't streamed from the internet, essentially, uh, because they've had this, you know, uh, OS on television. So, in my opinion, they're adding this DVR functionality most likely because TV manufacturers have probably requested it. And so you'll probably soon be able to buy a TV that has Android TV built in. The TV itself already has a built-in tuner. And so you just hook up a HD antenna to the back of the coax plug on your television and you'll be able to stream content and even record content on the television itself. This is my guess. You know, Google hasn't announced any of this stuff yet. Right now, they're only doing it on their boxes, the Shield TV and the Nexus Player. But, you know, I'm betting this, just like the live channels, feature they have so live channels is their app to view tuner content essentially that app definitely was added to android tv not for boxes not for hd home runs but for televisions that come with a built-in tuner and so i bet this dvr uh, feature is for that also but they are kind of releasing it as like a beta to the boxes first here you know probably to work out the bugs before it gets released to the actual tv manufacturers but interesting stuff, you know, if you're a big uh, tuner viewer, if you like watching over-the-air TV, um, HD Home Run also works with cable cards. So if you have a cable subscription and you, you don't want to use the cable provider's tuner card or tuner box, you can actually use an HD Home Run with a cable card. But there are a lot of DRM copyright issues there. So you'll have to definitely check with your cable company before to make sure that you can actually do that or not. Um, but... But it is a nice little solution. I mean, Android TV definitely seems like it is ahead as far as TV tuner support. But hopefully with any luck, Fire Amazon is actually, you know, keeping an eye on this and working on some kind of solution themselves uh, for Fire TVs with tuners and, and DVRs and that sort of stuff. Now let's move into the Q&A section. As always, I put a post up on Thursdays asking people to submit their questions for me to try to answer here on the podcast episode. So I've got a few questions here lined up. So let's get into it. 
All right, first question here is from Stewie B saying, uh, hi, given that Shield now has Amazon Video and is far more powerful than Fire TV, apart from the cost, what else does Fire TV have to offer over the Shield? We've actually got uh, two people, Scott and Damien, who commented, uh, one saying the remote and one saying Alexa. Definitely, those those are definitely two things. A lot of people like the Fire TV remote over any other remote. Uh, Roku's remotes are pretty nice because they have the uh, headphone jack capability on there. I know the old Shield TV remote, I think, had a headphone jack on there as well, but not the not the new latest version. Alexa certainly, I think, is, is better than the Google Assistant that is supposedly coming to the NVIDIA Shield soon, but is not yet available there. I think also there's better app support on Fire TV devices than in, in video or Android TV in general. Usually you'll have services come to the Fire TV first before they come to Android TV. That's generally the case. Even though the NVIDIA Shield does now have the Amazon Video app, I think it's still a much better experience to watch Amazon Video on the Fire TV, which was you know what you'd probably expect since it is the Amazon device. It'll, it'll be the, the flagship premium way to watch actual Amazon Video. Um, you know, finding content is uh, is better on the Fire TV, you know, with Alexa's voice, you know, actually you can just start playing Amazon content that way. You can't really search with your voice on the NVIDIA Shield for Amazon video content, even though it does have that app. You have to just search, you know, by typing with the screen. So that's not ideal. So there are, there are several, you know, different things that, you know, Fire TV still has the advantage over NVIDIA Shield. In my opinion, NVIDIA Shield really only big advantage is gaming. Um, you know, Stewie B here is saying that, you know, it's more powerful. And really, as far as a video streaming device goes, you're not going to really use that power at all. I mean, I've always said this, the Fire TV Stick is a very capable streaming device at just 40 bucks. Um, you don't really need that much horsepower to stream. So really the only reason you want that extra horsepower is if you're planning to play high-end games. And so that's where the NVIDIA Shield absolutely shines. And so in my opinion, that is a gaming device first, a streaming device second, whereas a Fire TV and the Fire TV Stick, those are streaming devices first. And then you've got that gaming kind of extra there on the side. Next question here is from Pete, simply asking, when will the Fire TV One get the new UI? Uh, I've definitely talked about this in the past. Uh, official stances, Amazon has not said when that's going to happen. They've just said that it will happen. So both the Fire TV One and the Fire TV Stick One will get the new updated user interface at some point this year. We just don't know when that will be. The fact that the Fire TV Stick 2 is going to be officially released in the UK and Germany in April might be giving us a little bit of a hint at this. Um, we know that's going to come out in April. We know that's going to have the new UI. We know that's going to have uh, Alexa capabilities in, in the UK and Germany overseas for the first time. And then we expect that uh, Alexa capabilities to come to the older devices uh, soon after that. Now, I would expect that when Alexa gets added to the older devices, it's not going to be added to the old UI. I have a feeling that both Alexa and the new UI are going to together come to those older devices in the UK and in Germany. It just seems silly to push out a software update to add Alexa to old devices on the old UI. And then shortly after that, push out another software update to update the new UI. It's like, you're doing that extra work, that extra software coding for no reason. It's like almost wasted. So you might as well just release both Alexa and the new UI on a device at the same time if, if it's within a few months of each other. So since I'm expecting Alexa to come to the older devices in like end of April-ish, early May, I would, you know, I would be confident in saying that's probably when we're going to see 
the new UI come to older devices as well. You know, I think come May, I've, I said this in my post that I wrote about, you know, Alexa coming to the UK and Germany. I think come May, uh, Alexa and the new UI are going to be on all devices in the US, Germany, and the UK all together. Um, you know, the releases might not be completely in sync where it's like everybody gets it at once, but it'll probably be like, you know, within a week of each other. You know, US probably will get it first. Newer devices in the UK and Germany will probably get Alexa first, you know, and then the older devices will get new UI and Alexa all at once. So, so this is my bet. Um, again, we don't know when it's going to happen for sure. Amazon hasn't said, but right now I'm fairly confident in saying by late April, early May, we'll probably see new UI and Alexa all over the place, all devices, pretty much all countries, except for Japan. <laughs> all right, next question is from Bodable saying, why does Fire TV not have volume control? Um, there's probably no real like hardware limitation. It was probably just a conscious choice by Amazon and the developers who created Fire TV and Fire OS. They probably didn't want competing volume control. You know, you've got your volume control on the TV. And if you had volume control in the Fire TV itself and then potentially volume control inside of an app that is running on the Fire TV, you know, that that creates a headache and you're, you're kind of constantly balancing things or or forgetting that one is lower than the other. And you're wondering why is volume low? So I don't know exactly why there's no volume control on the Fire TV, but my guess is that just to simplify things and so that you know, all TVs obviously have volume control. And so Fire TV just relies on that. And so it always just puts out volume at its maximum capability. All right, last up, we got a question here from Ralph on Twitter asking, does that include Blu-ray ISOs? And he's referring to when I was talking about uh, Mr. MC's new uh, DVD ISO support. Uh, and actually, uh, one of the Mr. MC developers is watching the live stream and commented uh, in my Q&A post uh, clarifying this. So he says, Blu-ray ISOs are supported in Mr. MC, decrypted only, of course. Blu-ray nav menu support is not present, but main title will play fine. Uh, basically, that means, yes, uh, Mr. MC can play Blu-ray files, can play Blu-ray video folders just fine, but you're not going to get the actual full-on Blu-ray menu where you can select all the different sources. You're going to have to like manually dig into your ripped Blu-ray folder and pick out the video files and play them that way. So Mr. MC can play the files just fine, but it's not going to like render that menu the way it can do uh, DVD menus, which was just added in the Mr. MC version 3.0. No update. All right, that will end the 72nd episode of the AFTV Newscast. Thank you so much for watching. If you are watching this on YouTube, please click through, hit that like button over on YouTube. Really helps helps my podcast get a little bit more exposure. If you're not a subscriber to my YouTube channel, I really appreciate that too. I think we just hit uh, 3,500 subscribers, which is a, a cool little landmark for, for myself or milestone, not landmark. But uh, also available, of course, the podcast through audio version only. Um, you know, all the big streaming uh, sources iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, you can find the podcast through there or you can use any podcast client. Um, I put a link down below uh, at the end of every uh, show notes to basically all the different sources where you can get the podcast. So if you haven't looked at that, definitely take a look there. Sorry if this episode was a little on the short side. Like I, I mentioned at the start, I was uh, just kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. Hopefully I'm not coming down with anything, but, but we'll see. Hopefully I'll be able to stream and record an episode next week as well. But uh, if I do, hopefully I'll see you there.